gosh, 16 years later, and I realized that in my marriage, I had recreated the emotional dynamic of my abuse relationship. So after all this work, right, how did I end up here? So lots of learning. And I came on LinkedIn and I'm sharing the story. Today, we get to speak with Nancy Barrows, a keynote speaker and the creator and founder of The Chick with the Tool Belt program, a guided discovery into finding your voice and how to express it in a way that feels authentic in order to build your network, promote engagement, and generate new business. She's also known as the queen of engagement. She works with others to build their understanding of why personal content is your most powerful tool on social media. Additionally, Nancy created the hashtag radiating real movement, which empowers people to take off their masks and experience the power of showing up. She has thrived through her adversity and employs her experience to help others. You can catch her live on her LinkedIn channel every Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time as host, creator, and producer of Hashtag Connected Human Conversations. So let's dig into the episode. I'm Janet Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at Humblesome. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that will reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit homestudiomastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. We want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Nancy, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a privilege. Thanks. Awesome, Nancy. So I know about you. We know we've shared a ton of stories, but would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself with our audience? Not at all. So I'll, I'll try and do the condensed version. By day, I'm a speech language pathologist with the Los Angeles Unified School District. I also have a practice that I've private practice that I've had for 20 plus years. And during the pandemic, I was introduced to LinkedIn. And I was one of those people, and I have to apologize for it every time, who thought, I have a job, why would I be on LinkedIn? So wrong, right? So I didn't yeah. get it. Yeah. But I entered into the LinkedIn world and things just changed. It was amazing to me what was happening there, the type of community that was growing and available that I had Mm. never considered. So during the pandemic, I'm on LinkedIn about a week after I am, you know, now on LinkedIn visibly. 
I had a profile before and never did anything with it. So I got asked to come to a telethon for the XXO Connect platform, which is Jason Leibowitz's platform, which is really about authenticity and connection over convenience. And I was talking and I will say to your audience, my story can be very hard to receive. So please, there's no judgment about how you do receive it. I have had every feeling that you may experience. So no judgment from me. So mm-hmm. I'm talking on this, this telethon about my childhood trauma, my childhood trauma, childhood trauma. And like mid-sentence, I realized like, Nancy, you're part of the problem. If you won't say it and you won't talk about it, how can you expect anyone else to talk yeah. about it? And without thinking, and it wasn't the first time I told people my story, but it was the first time I told it to faceless humans. You know, I, I nobody in front of me, nobody I knew, nobody else having a yeah. conversation and that that conversation would keep going and going and going. So, you know, I came back around to me and I said, you know, I've been sexually abused by my grandfather till I was 16 years old. It came out when a mandated reporter did their job to protect me. It was put into the legal system and, yeah. you know, gosh, it's more than just the legal system because it's criminal, but that set the ball rolling in terms of my secret that I guarded as if my life depended on it being out yeah. there and being unleashed on my family. Very soon after that, I became anorexic and I, I battled with anorexia for years through college. When I was 20 years old, I confronted my grandfather and it was supposed to be this really great freeing moment because I had finally accepted that I had done nothing wrong. It wasn't yeah. anything I have done. So here, this person's going to take responsibility for it. And they're going to like all this stuff that I'm holding on to, I'm going to hand over to you and it's yours. It's not how it works, not how it works. So rather than freeing, it was really devastating. And I ended up dropping out of college. I went home to live with my parents. I was in therapy three times a week, individual, one time a week group, lots and lots and lots and lots of work and came to to LA from New York to try life out, did like a summer session, ended up staying at UCLA, meeting the people who, for the first time in my life, three women who, when I shared my story with them, offered me unconditional love and acceptance. Mm-hmm. And it made me realize that I, I could share this story. Yeah. That there were people out there who wouldn't look at me with disgust, with pity, you know, or just change our relationship entirely because they knew this piece about me. So going through all that, and, you know, coming through more life, more life, more life, and life happens all the time. Fast forward to gosh, 16 years later. And I realized that in my marriage, I had recreated the emotional dynamic of my abuse relationship. So after all this work, right, how did I end up here? So Mm. lots of, lots of learning. And I came on LinkedIn and I'm sharing the story. And I had such an overwhelmingly positive response from the community, people thanking me for sharing, people saying how much they appreciated my honesty and my authenticity and my vulnerability and my bravery. And, you know, all sorts of beautiful feedback in that way. And all the time I'm thinking, I don't feel very brave because I'm not scared to share it. Right. To me, this is my story. It's not remarkable. I understand to other people it is. And it took me time to realize what was remarkable is that I had made it through. That's the first huge step. Yeah. I had really worked on this and function. I, of all the things I still struggle with, it's depression and that makes me pretty common, normal, whatever you want to say, not normal, Mm -hmm. but I I'm amongst a, a large pot, you know, group of our population that 
that experiences depression. It's not the sexual abuse. It's not the eating disorder. And so it didn't feel brave, but what it was is I got through it and then I was willing to talk about it. Yeah. And I think that's the big thing. And like I said earlier, my abuse was exposed when I was 16 years old. I'm 48 years old and essentially nothing has changed. Yeah. Statistics remain the same. People are still as like uncomfortable having the conversation. They don't want to have it. Their reaction, you know, to hearing it, we've moved in other areas of mental health where mm. you know, now we hear about somebody who is depressed or bipolar and we have that empathy, right? Like, oh yeah. gosh, but you bring up sexual abuse and people are like, oh God, I don't know what I would do. I would die. I would, you know, like it's so. It's hard to think about. Yeah. It's hard to think about yeah. and digest and talking about it isn't going to make it any less horrible for lack right. of a better word, but we open these conversations, which means there's a lot less shame and secrecy. There so, is, and yeah. that's, that's huge around this. So taking off from there, and I told you I was going to try and do the short version <laughs> within my first several months on LinkedIn, I was doing four live shows a week. I had started a hashtag campaign and things were happening so quickly all because I was sharing me. Mm. I became a keynote speaker talking about taking off those masks and and what that really means and how we're hurting one another, quite literally killing one another because we're all living life. We know how hard it is, but we're not talking about it. We're not sharing with one another that we are struggling just like the person next to us. I always say it's like the, the sharing the ugly, snotty, unsexy, pieces and parts is is so important. And yeah, I came on the platform and people kept remarking about how I was real and relatable. And it made me realize that must not happen very often. Yeah. And that's what sort of drove me. My passion, my purpose was, was there. And, you know, I didn't have LinkedIn live, but I was determined to be live. And when I first came on the platform, I was the woman who was going to change the narrative on sexual abuse. And I got live on every show that I could. Mm. I, again, was a co-host of two different live shows without ever having live. And so it's all to me about showing up. It's all to me about showing up as you are in that moment, being real and authentic and letting people give you that unadulterated, unconditional love and acceptance. Because once you've got that, I haven't talked to anyone who wants to go back. Of all the it's people impossible. I've talked to about yeah. this, no one's like, oh yeah, I wish that I'd never said it and I'm going to go back to hiding everything that's true. No. So that's the not so short version of a little bit about me. You know, when they say the truth will set you free, mm-hmm. that's literally what just happened, right? This That's literally what, what you went through because it's more freeing than hiding something because it's going to eat you inside. But when you when you talk about it and let it go, it's no longer going to bother you because now it's out in the world and you get that support from all the, all the beautiful human beings that are around us. Yeah, you disarm it. And I can tell you firsthand and anyone who's being honest that wearing that mask is a lot, takes a lot more energy, is a lot more draining. And oh, yeah. again, like you said, living in this space that's not true is so much harder. When I shared my truth, I almost felt like I could like stand up taller, like that weight had been taken off of me because I didn't have to worry about it, quote unquote, coming out. And I had held mm-hmm. back 
being so public about it because I work with kids Mm -hmm. and there are people out there who have ideas about people who've been abused, who choose to work with kids. Right. So there was that piece, but you know what? Hey, here I am. If there's a consequence to that in some way, I'm ready to deal with it. Exactly. What would happen to me as an individual is far less important to me as what's happening in the big picture and out there. So it was worth it to me to say, okay, there's a risk here, calculated risk, and I'm willing to take it. It really, it's just that piece of letting go. The other huge thing that I learned is it takes away imposter syndrome. Yes, it does. And so many of us struggle with imposter syndrome. Well, if you're real and you're honest about who you are, what you know, what you don't know, what you think, how you feel, Mm. you know, how you spend your time, there's no room for the imposter. Exactly. There isn't because you're being who you are. You're not being somebody else. You're doing the truth to yourself. So yeah, I love that. That was beautiful, Nancy. Thank you so much for sharing with the audience. And you also share, you know, your motivations, what you're doing right now, right? Because you want to make sure that that doesn't happen in future because people have the power kids have the power to say no to find help to find the support that they need it's so important we have to make and keep a promise as adults that we are going to teach kids about their bodies and boundaries that if they come to us we really are available we really are going to continue loving them exactly the same way we did before and you know so that they're they can come to someone and then they know when someone's transgressed a boundary like that's not okay it doesn't matter who it is right it doesn't like i have told the story when i used to bathe my nieces and nephew when they were younger i would always ask permission to wash their bodies Mm -hmm. and i asked permission every time because they may have decided from one time to the next they didn't want and that alone teaches them right Mm -hmm. hey you get to decide and you get to decide every time which is huge And, and you know I am so grateful for everything I've been through. I know people hear it and it is a lot. It's, yeah. But I'm so grateful for all of it because it puts me in a position to be a person who can really not just understand, but know. Like, I, I know. I don't just yeah. understand. I know with every cell in my body, like, exactly what that feels like and where you're at. It allowed me to start the chip with the tool belt, which is my fun Sherpa program, as I like to call it, where mm-hmm. helping people find their voice, right? I'm, I'm guiding you to what's already within you and yeah. then helping you figure out how do you want to put your voice out there? What's comfortable mm-hmm. for you? Because all of this not wearing a mask and radiating real and chip with the tool belt, it's not about cracking your chest open and re- like Mm-mm. revealing every bit about you. We are all entitled to our quote unquote secrets. It is not real or authentic. No. It's tell not. everyone everything yeah. all the time. You select, you find the audience, you find the people that have your best interest, and then you share the secrets. You share what your own, what you're comfortable with, right? You, you have, and that's one of the things that I teach is, hey, what does it take to make really remarkable video? Well, you gotta have a captivating story, and Nancy, you just gave us a really captivating story. People are. You know, you've experienced that. You've shown that, hey, you're doing four shows, five shows a week. It's massive. It's amazing. Yeah, well, all everything I'm doing is to help other people. And I, that's so cliche, but it truly is like... 
It's I'm, I'm, this is my side hustle mm-hmm. almost, you know, like I have my full-time job. I have my private practice. This is passion. This is purpose. Now I know we tend to have to apologize for wanting to monetize our passion and purpose, but I have moved past that because the reality is in order for me to do more of this, mm-hmm. I need money. So yes. any show, any speaking gig, any client, right. I'm out here saying, Hey, contact me, find mm-hmm. me, invite me on because my story reaches more people. The things I'm doing with radiating real chick with the tool belt, shout out Saturday. What's good Wednesday. You need yeah. a shot of positive. Join us, uh, mm-hmm. you know, at those shows. It's amazing. You yeah. have something that's on your mind. Come to connected human conversations. We often take our topic of discussion from the comments. So it's relevant to the audience, exactly. the family yeah. that gathers around there. And so I'll shout it from the rooftops. I joke, it's like short of smoke signals, which I would try. I will <laughs> get out there, you know, yay. You you want to write an article about me? You want me to write a chapter? You, I'm game because it's really more about other people. It is. But the reality is, again, I don't want anyone apologizing for needing to monetize or choosing to monetize their story, their passion. It's not a four-letter word. It's not, No. I love that. I love. I absolutely love that. So, Nancy, share us some of the expertise in what you do with your clients, with the people that you work with. Share us, you know, give us some of the pointers that people can take away and immediately use them to better their own lives. I think one of the things, if we're talking social media, is engagement. And I've jokingly been given the name the Queen of Engagement on the show. So it's because I show up. I interact with people. I remember things from the last time. Mm-hmm. When I go somewhere else and I see them, you know, I know them. I care. And that started with me showing up at shows in the comments, seeing the same names over again and deciding I'm going to show up as if I belong here. Mm-hmm. And I already know everyone. So in the comments, I probably did it to you, Janae. You were probably Mm -hmm. commenting on a show and I said, hey, Janae, good to see you. Yep. Right? Like we've known each other forever. Mm -hmm. So why I say that is when you do that, you're going to build your community, find like-minded people. And any step you take beyond that to show up as real, radiate real, or do chick with the tool belt exploration of what's inside of your voice, Mm -hmm. how you want to share it, you have already that that community that is going to support you, encourage you, be there for you. And that's huge. I think a lot of us don't do things out of fear of how they will be received. And if you know that you've got an audience there that no matter what, Mm -hmm. they love you. They're going to cheer for you. They're proud of you, right? They're on your team. It makes it a whole lot easier to show up vulnerably. So that's one of the things I would say for people. And, you know, it's it's a little easier to do in a digital space, right? Walking up to someone in a group as if you already know them in person is not probably your best choice. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that's digital space. And in in real life, I think, you know, I'm going to give that advice about, you know, go back to some of my um, roots with the abuse. Talk to your kids. Talk to them about your bodies. Mm. Tell them you will be there. If you have a a caregiver with your child, let them know you talk to your kids about this. They may come to you. And what is your expectation if they do? You accept them with love and grace and remind them that they are loved and nothing has changed. Mm -hmm. Not only is that good for your child, but it also tells someone who might be caring for your child, hey, 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 there's no victim here for you. Right. You do something someone's going to know. 
And I will encourage everyone, and again, it's a social media thing, I apologize, to Radiate Real. Go make a post, put hashtag Radiating Real, tag me, because I am right now, I'm telling you, I am right now your community of one that will grow so quickly, Mm -hmm. but I will be there to support cheerlead and let you know that you are loved unconditionally and accepted unconditionally. I love that, Nancy. Thank you so much. So guys, hashtag radiating real, put it out there. It could be on any platform. Nancy will come and be your supporter and audience of one and grow that because that's what we need, right? We need a little bit of spark to get that engine going. We need a little bit of water, a little bit of sunshine, a little bit of nutrients for those plants to grow. It just takes a teeny bit of spark. That's all. That's all it takes. All right. We've had some really deep conversations. We, we talked about being the queen of engagement and how to really build communities. It's, it's through engagement. It's, it's through having conversations. If you like what somebody's saying, just say, hey, I want to, would you mind jumping on a Zoom call? And guess what? Everybody's open to do that. I asked Nancy, hey, Nancy, we have, I haven't brought you on to, the guest, to be a guest here yet. Come on, come on over. And she's like, yes, let's do it. Right. Absolutely. You got it. You just got to ask. Got to do the ask. Yeah. And I, I learned that like, like I did today. If you've got a speaking event, you've got a conference, you want me to do a workshop. I've got positive digital self-care to what I'm talking about now and taking our masks off and radiating real. Mm. And at some point I thought it clicked in my head. I shouldn't say that. It clicked in my head that, you know, nobody can knock on my door if they don't know what I have to offer. No one can truly help me if they don't know, if I don't tell them what kind of help I need. Mm -hmm. And so putting it out there, we're not used to doing that as humans typically, right? We're not. We we feel ashamed to ask for help and say what we need. And so that's another big first step. If there's real life application, and this is not just digitally, like really be able to ask for what you want. Put yourself out there. How do you want to be seen? Well, I want to be seen as a keynote speaker. I want to be seen as a live show host. I want to be seen as an author. I want to, you know, anything that- All those things get put out there. I got to put them out there. I've got to talk about them Mm -hmm. because people are only know as much as I tell them. Yes. You know, when they say who's, who knows who, well, who knows who's only works when people knows who, like, who knows you, like people know me for home studios. They're going to come to me and and Nancy sent me some people over like, Hey, this guy needs help. And, you know, I'm thankful because I've set myself up like, Hey, I am doing this myself. I want to help you set up your home studio. And that's what I'm putting out. Before that, I was just doing podcasts. I was learning people's stories. I was doing beekeeping. But as I grow myself, we all change over time. You're not stuck in first grade all your life. You go from first grade, you learn everything you learned, then you go to second grade, and so on and so forth, right? So we're continually growing. Our brains are continually growing, adding new brain cells and in fact, every seven weeks, we are a brand new person because all the cells have died and we have grown. And I think that's another really great point. And another tip that I will say is we are fearful to shift 
Uh, if I put myself out there as the woman who's changing the narrative on sexual abuse, which I did at first, I had a very narrowly defined, you know, view of myself and what I was doing. Mm. And as I had more experience and grew and found out there's all these other things that I could be doing and they, yeah. they ignite my passion, being willing to say, okay, yes, I, I, I said, that's who I am. And that wasn't a lie, mm -hmm. but this is also who I am. So now yeah. I'm going to put this out there. You know, I put out my, you know, chick with the tool belt program, mm -hmm. having always been a live stream host. Okay. But as I was having conversations like this, connecting with people mm -hmm. in the engagement, I was told by others and was able to see in myself a skill I had that I could share with others. Yeah. So rebrand, redefine, keep moving and shaking. Exactly. People who need you will find you. The people who love you will follow you. That's so true. And there's a good point about rebranding. Facebook just announced that they're going to be called Meta. If Facebook, after 17 years, can change their name, why can't you? What's holding you back? So absolutely, I love that. Right. And if you're not sure how to do it, ask someone. Yes. Like, again, we can help. I can help you get that groundswell going before you change it. So it's mm -hmm. not like you're there one day and gone the next. Exactly. Put it out there. Post that this is what you're doing. Ask someone who's done it before. Again, it's that what do you need? No one knows unless you tell them. Absolutely. I love it. I love the conversation we're having. But let's switch gears. I've got some quick questions that I like to ask my guests. And being a hobbyist myself, having ton of hobbies and that's why we're calling the show hacks and hobbies what is the one hobby that you wish you got into i really wish and i don't know if it qualifies as a hab habit was exercise mm. so for me fitness and exercise came in when i was anorexic that's when it entered my life and it was not for health it was a punishment for having eaten Oh, interesting. And so the relationship with exercise is always, and, and, and I don't necessarily have that now, but I don't have that love for it. And I really wish I did. Mm -hmm. I wish that, you know, that drive, I see, I like see people, I'm like, you're a runner. I guess I could be a runner, but <laughs> like the exercise I do, like I can't walk on a treadmill and go nowhere. I can walk outside. I can mm -hmm. walk to a store. I can walk, you know, again, I do. I walk to my local Trader Joe's. It's an hour mm -hmm. and a half away. I got my little backpack and I walk home. That yeah. I can do. But in my mind, that's not exercise, mm -hmm. right? That's accomplishing something. I'm doing something. I'm out. And a bonus part is. So exercise and really loving that for what it is and what it gives your body and your mind. I wish that I had come into that from a different mindset and a different point of view. Absolutely. And what's beautiful is the exercise industry has grown over the pandemic because people are home. Like, what do we do? I've watched everything on Netflix. <laughs> well, maybe I'll do some exercise or buy a Peloton. Yeah. I mean, I love Pilates and I love swimming. Mm -hmm. So those are two things that I can do. What's funny is Pilates was something new I'd never done before. So it wasn't exercise. It was something I was learning. It's something right? learning. Yeah. Totally different mindset for me that I could put that in. And swimming, I had swam competitively in in high school mm. so to me that's not exercise that's like my drive that's, that's my meditation time too mm. when i swim i'm going back and forth that quiet that rhythm i that's my meditation time nice. so you know our brains are very smart and in other ways they are not oh, so yes. smart and we can trick them so you've got to use all of those tools <laughs> when it comes to setting yourself to be your best self nice i love that Next question, what did you want to be when you were a child? A garbage man. 
which is funny because it was a garbage man, although it had nothing to do with gender, just that mm-hmm. we had a garbage man. And where I grew up in New York, just outside of Manhattan, about a half hour Northwest, they could stand on the back of the truck while it was moving. <laughs> and that was the first career that I wanted because I wanted to be able to stand on the back of a truck while it was driving. Yes. <laughs> so there fun? You go. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love it. All right. What is your favorite movie or TV show? And if none, how about a book? Yeah, I'm not a big movie TV person. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I have to like guard myself here because no, I've never seen Game of Thrones. I've never seen The Queen's Gambit. I miss out on a lot of social here. Yes, I know. But I'm a big reader. And there are a couple of books that come to mind that really stuck with me. The Red Tent. Mm. Funny enough, The Secret Lives of Bees. Because when I think of you, I think of your bees and honey. <laughs> And the help. And I realized in all of those books, the authors created this community that when reading it, I wanted to be a part of. Mm. Like I loved the community they created. And that's what had me loving the character development and this community. That's what I wanted to be a part of. And it's all these places where your mind puts things to work. And until you have that clarity or the ability to look back or that introspection to go, huh, funny, all those Mm -hmm. books I was creating in the community Huh, look what I've done. I've created that community. Isn't that beautiful? Our minds are Mm -hmm. so powerful. The subconscious, right? So my next question is, what movie would you choose if if you got to play a character in it? But since you've never seen movies. I've seen movies. Okay. Especially if they're older. So. Okay. I would want to be Kate Winslet in Titanic, mostly because I want her wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Like the the period costumes were amazing. Um, and I mean, that is just an epic, iconic movie. And it's about her growth and change and, you know, her coming into her own, her finding her voice yeah. and using it. So there's a lot of symbolism there for me. And the wardrobe was just absolutely breathtaking to me. Nice. I like it. I like it. So next one is who is your favorite superhero or your superhero power? Hmm. That's a good one. I don't necessarily have a traditional superhero superpower. Gosh, I, hmm. Am I kind of strength? Be able to read people's minds? I don't want to read their minds. That's private. People get to share their thoughts when they're ready to share their thoughts. Being invisible, I don't want to spy anyone, but strength, I guess strength is really useful, right? Mm-hmm. I could help others with strength and maybe my strength is not just physical. My superpower is strength of mind, spirit, body, you know, that soul. I love it. I mm-hmm. like it. I like all of it. And the last question is, if you were a board game, what would it be? Oh my gosh. Sorry. Or sorry, sorry. <laughs> I don't know where that story came from. I was Canadian <laughs> for a minute. The game, sorry, because... It's forward and backwards, starting over. I love it. Yeah, still being able to win from being behind. No, that's powerful. And I have never played the game, sorry. So now I'm gonna I'm gonna have to find a game and <laughs> play it. It's a good one for uh, when I remind the students I work with. We're all here to win, but we all have to follow the same rules. So yes, you can't be upset when you have to go backwards. You knew that was part of the game mm-hmm. when we started. Yeah. And Nancy, thank you so much for your time, your the the lovely conversation and sharing your story and journey and all the amazing tips. 
Where can my audience find you? Oh, this is where it starts to get tricky because I am a public school educator. I am trying to outrun families and students all the time because in order <laughs> for me to be radiating real, I have to, you know, both be public so it reaches people, but also be private and not easy to find. So if you're on LinkedIn, that's probably the easiest because it's Nancy Barrows and you can just find me that way. Perfect. Emailing me if you want to know all my social handles is also kind of easy because it's my name. It's nancy.d as in Deborah dot barrows at gmail if you're feeling super adventurous you can use my name on youtube on facebook i am nancy deborah d-e-b-r-a on instagram if you're feeling like spectacularly up for a challenge it is vibing underscore with underscore nancy underscore deborah d-e-b-r-a and like i said try smoke signals and janine knows how to get a hold of me Absolutely, yes. Uh, reach out to me if you want to connect with Nancy. We'll also have uh, some of the social links added to the show notes for the episode. And uh, this was so much fun. Thank you so much, Nancy. Have a great one. I say you too. Always such a pleasure to spend time with you, Janine. Thank you. Absolutely. Take care. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode on Hacks and Hobbies. We absolutely appreciate your contribution. You can find additional notes on hacksandhobbies.com. Please share the podcast with your friends and tell them what you learned about our guest today. 